0: Welcome to today's podcast. This is a solo episode where I will be sharing with you a couple of books that I have really, really enjoyed lately. I am a bookworm from way back and in the past when I have recorded episodes sharing books that I have felt have really changed me, I've had so much positive feedback from other women out there who have then gone on to read those books and feel as though they've been changed in one way or another. So, I'm excited to share these books with you. I have five that I wanted to speak about specifically with you today. I do have a couple of fiction books as well that I want to speak about soon, but I'm going to keep today's episode a little more succinct and just talk about five non fiction books that I really, really recommend. And so, the first book I wanted to share with you in today's episode is a book of poetry and it's one that I really, really love and I've shared grabs of this over on Instagram and every time I do, I get inundated with people saying, what is that book? And the book is called The Sun and Her Flowers. And so as I mentioned, it is a book of poetry. It's really, really modern. It's got a really great variety of writing as well. And so it's not the sort of book that you need to read cover to cover although you certainly could because it is a bit of a journey it's more though in my opinion the sort of book that you would have on your coffee table by your bed in your kitchen just you know in your office if you need a little bit of inspiration and you can pick it up at any time randomly turn to a page and I'm sure that you will find some of Rupi's words that you can connect with this book I have so many pages dog-eared because I'll read one of her poems and just go oh I love that so much I want to read that again so I'll fold it over and so I've got the book in front of me and I want to read to you a couple of my favorite poems that she has written and I believe that Rupi Kaur sort of became known by sharing her words on Instagram, which I think is very, very cool and very relative, of course. Um, So the first one that I wanted to share with you, I think that after I read it, you'll be like, oh yes, I understand why she would want to read that one. It's called The Construction Site of Our Future. And so it goes, I can still see our construction hats lying exactly where we left them pylons unsure of what to guard, bulldozers gazing out for our return, the planks of wood stiff in their boxes, yearning to be nailed up, but neither of us goes back to tell them it is over, in time the bricks will grow tired of waiting and crumble, the cranes will droop their necks in sorrow, the shovels will rust, do you think flowers will grow here, When you and I are off building something new with someone else. I think that that is just such an eloquent way of describing the end of a relationship and I guess the future of new things. Another one that I really love of Rupi's poems goes, Rise, said the moon, and the new day came. The show must go on, said the sun. Life does not stop for anybody. It drags you by the legs, whether you want to move forward or not. That is the gift. Life will force you to forget how you long for them. Your skin will shed till there is not a single part of you left they've touched. Your eyes finally, just your eyes. Not the eyes which held them. You will make it to the end of what is only the beginning. Go on. Open the door to the rest of it. That one is called Time. Isn't that just so beautiful? It's just the sort of book that I think every household needs. All right, another one that I will read to you. I'll read two more. Um, is called Fingers. And it says, The most important conversations we'll have are with our fingers. When yours nervously graze mine for the first time during dinner. They'll tighten with fear when you ask to see me again next week. But as soon as I say yes, they'll stretch out in ease when they grasp one another. While we're beneath the sheets, the two of us will pretend we're not weak in the knees. When I get angry, they'll pulse with bitter cries. But when they tremble for forgiveness... You'll see what apologies look like. And when one of us is dying on a hospital bed at 85, your fingers will grip mine to say things words can't describe. So pretty, so beautiful. And I think that's why I enjoy this book so much, The Sun and Her Flowers, because it does have the it does have word like it has the poems that make you really feel deeply and it can kind of drop you into your sadness but then it's also got beautiful poetry that lifts you back up and i really really like that balance and i think that as someone who tends to at times overfunction and keep busy to not feel things guilty reading this book and her other one which is called milk and honey it helps me to drop into my feelings. And the last one I'll read with you from Rupee is very short but very poignant. It's called Thank You. Look down at your body, whisper, there is no home like you. Really, really beautiful. And there are some really sweet illustrations as well. So that is the sun and her flowers. This book was given to me by a girlfriend about a year ago. She dropped it on my doorstep with some flowers and I have since gone on to pass that gesture on. So if I have a girlfriend having a hard day or a tough time, I will go and purchase a copy of The Sun and Her Flowers from my local bookstore and drop it to her house as well. So that could be a great gift suggestion if you need one. The next book that I want to speak about is one that I'm sure many of you have either read or listened to, and if you've not read it and you've not listened to it and you are a woman, you need to. <laughs> I know that is such a like broad statement. like It's a big statement to say that you must read this book, but I'm, sta- I'm saying it and I'm standing by it, and that book is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And I have this book in my hot little hands right now and on the cover, which it's a beautiful cover, but on the cover under the word untamed, it says, stop pleasing, start living. And that really does encapsulate what this book is about. It is a collection of Glennon's, I guess, life experiences, and she's woven them all together to create different lessons that all have, I guess, the very, very powerful and needed message to us as women to stop playing small, to step into our power, to stop looking outwards, start looking inwards and really get curious about why we are the way we are and why we do the things that we do. And so there were two parts of this book that I felt really compelled to share with you. And the first one is called Gatherings, and it goes along these lines. My 17-year-old son Chase and his friends are in the family room watching a movie. I've been trying to leave them alone, but it's hard for me. I understand that most teenagers think their mums are uncool, but I am certain I'm the exception. I stand at the door and peek inside. The boys are draped all over the couch The girls have arranged themselves in tiny, tidy, roly-poly piles on the floor. My young daughters are perched at the feet of the older girls, quietly worshipping. My son looks over at me and half smiles. Hi mum. I need an excuse to be there so I ask, anybody hungry? What comes next seems to unfold in slow motion. Every single boy keeps his eyes on the TV and says, yes. The girls are silent at first, then each girl diverts her eyes from the television screen and scans the faces of the other girls. Each looks to a friend's face to discover if she herself is hungry. Some kind of telepathy is happening among them. They are polling, they are researching, they are gathering consensus, permission or denial. Somehow, the collective silently appoints a French-braided girl as the spokesgirl. She looks away from the faces of her friends and over at me. She smiles politely and says, ''We're fine, thank you.'' The boys looked inside themselves, and the girls looked outside themselves. ''We forgot how to know when we learned how to please.'' this is why we live hungry. That story alone, that short little excerpt from that book hit me hard because I think myself, my whole life, I have been conditioned to look outward for approval from asking other people, what are you wearing to that event? Or what are you going to order? Or, you know, just looking elsewhere. I think that it is such a female thing. It's such a a narrative for so many of us, and I just really, really feel so connected to so much of what Glennon shares. Now, there's another part of this book that I want to share with you, and I'm just trying to find it. It's called Knowing. I digress, it's called Know. Be still and know. Several years ago, very early, one morning, I found myself unable to sleep again. It was 3am and I was wild-eyed, shaky, flailing, grasping for answers like a drowning woman, desperate for air. I had just typed these words into my Google search window. What should I do if my husband is a cheater, but also an amazing dad? I stared at that question and thought, well, I have hit some sort of new rock bottom, I've just asked the internet to make the most important and personal decision of my life. Why do I trust everyone else on earth more than I trust myself? Where the hell is myself? When did I lose touch with her? And then that chapter continues. But as I'm sure you'll gather just from those two very short parts of the book that I've shared with you today... There is so much in this book about the importance of getting back in touch with your own knowing and really looking at the belief system that you hold and why you hold those beliefs. It's such an amazing read. I actually really, really loved the audio version of it because Glennon reads it herself and she is so expressive I when I listen to her speak, I can see her face. I would love to interview her on the podcast because I think that her courage and her honesty and her vulnerability is so inspiring. And so that book is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. It is a New York Times best-selling book, um, and it's so obvious as to why. So definitely a great one to grab for yourself or a girlfriend if you've not yet read it. The next book that I want to share with you is called A Guide to the Good Life, and that is by William B. Irvine. I have referenced this book in the past um, in another podcast episode where I was speaking specifically about how to change your perspective, and I spoke about negative visualization, which is something that I have been doing for years. I won't go into that in this episode, so if you're unsure what I mean by negative visualisation, either punch it into Google um, or jump back to that episode where I speak about perspective on the podcast. So a guide to the good life is, and so the whole principle of this book is really to, I guess, explain the ancient art of Stoic joy. I really connect with Stoicism as a philosophy in so many different elements of it. I feel as though this book, The Guide, A Guide to the Good Life, is a really great starting point for people who are curious about Stoicism. And I thought I would just read a little bit from this book for you. It says, this is in chapter 21 on Stoicism Reconsidered. We should become self-aware. We should observe ourselves as we go about our daily business and we should periodically reflect on how we responded to the day's events. How did we respond to an insult? To the loss of a possession? To a stressful situation? Did we, in our response, put stoic psychological strategies to work? We should use our reasoning ability to overcome negative emotions we should also use our reasoning ability to master our desires to the extent that it is possible to do so. In particular, we should use reason to convince ourselves that such things as fame and fortune are not worth having, not at any rate, if what we seek is tranquility, and therefore are not worth pursuing. Likewise, we should use our reasoning ability to convince ourselves That even though certain activities are pleasurable, engaging in those activities will disrupt our tranquility and the tranquility lost will outweigh the pleasure gained. There are so many great little gems of wisdom in this book. It speaks about the dichotomy of control, also the importance of really valuing and treasuring and noticing what it is that you already have, finding joy in the things that you already have rather than striving for the things that you don't have. I really, really like this book. Um, So that is A Guide to the Good Life by William B. Irvine. Now, the next two books that I want to speak about, I put them together because in my mind they're kind of a bit connected in a way. And book number four that I wanted to share is one that I listened to the audio version of, and that is Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. And if you follow along on social media, you'll probably know I'm a very big Tim Ferriss fan. Sometimes I refer to him as my boyfriend. (laughs) I just really, really enjoy the way that he thinks and the way that he interviews people I find really admirable. He asks very thought-provoking questions and he's a very curious human from what I can understand. And Tools of Titans, whilst I listen to the audio version, I also do have the paperback as well. This, similar to the book that I mentioned first, Rupee Kwa's book, this Tools of Titan book is not one that you need to read cover to cover in fact it would probably be a bit dense to read cover to cover it's more the sort that you would find the chapter or the mentor that you need guidance from and go directly to that so I think I've jumped the gun a bit but Tools of Titans is a collection of all different kinds of mentors and role models in all different areas of life from business to relationships health psychology, wellness, optimizing, hacking, all sorts of things. And there's just such a variety of different speakers with different opinions, different philosophies, beliefs, habits, um, mindset, really, really interesting. And I just so enjoyed listening to this book. It's kind of like listening to a whole heap of fascinating people be interviewed. Well, that's exactly what it's like. And I feel like it's a sort of book that you could easily share with everyone in your household. Of course, if they're age appropriate, what I mean by that is with your partner as well. Now, book number five that I wanted to mention the reason I said that they kind of link together in my mind is that this is a book that Tim Ferriss has mentioned on his podcast, and it is called The Art of Nonviolent Communication. And it is by Mika Salabernos, I think is how I pronounce it. I could be butchering that beautiful name. But if you Google the art of nonviolent communication, it will pop up for you. I find it to be a really, really great read. And it's very, very simple, but very, very effective. It's kind of, I guess, when I say simple, what I mean is the premise is simple, but it's a little trickier to put into action at times and it's one that you really do have to practice. The title is A Mouthful, The Art of Nonviolent Communication. I guess it could really be called The Art of Communicating because that's what it's all about. My favorite part of this book is when, it's, when the book mentions how important it is during communication to really stick to facts over evaluations Because all too often when we are in confrontation or just conversation with people, we're so inclined to put everything through our own filter and our own lens and put our own skewed judgment on everything. And so if we stick to facts over evaluations, we're far less likely to trigger people. And you would think that, you know, oh, that's quite easy. And you might think, oh, I do stick to facts. But the way that the book explains facts makes you realize, or well, certainly made me realize, how easily we default into evaluations and judgments. So, an example of this would be rather than saying you're really messy, because that's an evaluation, you could say there is a t shirt on the floor and there is a dirty mug on the floor, because that is undisputable it's undeniable those are the facts because if we apply judgment then often it will trigger someone to get defensive and that's when communication can become violent not in the sense of punching on with fists but violent and aggressive and unnecessarily confrontational in a negative way so I really really enjoyed that book as well. And so those are the five books I wanted to share with you today. In closing, it is The Sun and Her Flowers by Rupi Kaur, Untamed by Glennon Doyle, A Guide to the Good Life by William B. Irvine, Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss and about a million other role models in there. And then last but not least, The Art of Nonviolent Communication by Mika Salabernos. I really, really hope that these books are helpful for you. It would mean the world to me if you enjoy these sorts of episodes. If you take a screenshot, pop it up on your Instagram story and tag me at Kylie Camps so I can please reshare your story as well. Thank you so much for choosing to listen and let me know what you think of these books if you go out and buy them. I would love, love, love to hear.